Hello, this is Dr. Robert Heslink, author of Eat Less, Sleep More, and Slow Down, and creator of the Wellness and Wealth podcast series. Today we're going to talk about chapter two of my book, Sleep More. Now who hasn't woken up wanting to just turn that alarm clock back off and go back to sleep? I know I have, and I'm sure most of you have as, as well. And part of that is, we don't get enough sleep in our society. We've become a 24-7 go, 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 and you're kind of made to feel inadequate if you're not putting in all-nighters anymore. But hey, we're not in college, and now we're coming to find out that that's not necessarily good for our general and overall health, whether in the short term or in the long term. So in my book, I wanted to review the newer information about sleep. Before, sleep was this static thing we did. You know, the lights went down, you went to sleep, you woke up, nothing much was going on. But now we realize that sleep really is a dynamic event. First of all, I want to talk about some of the newer technology, the quantified self. As I talk about the book, I looked at an early device called the Zio, which was a device you put on your forehead at night, and it kind of measured the electrical patterns of your sleep the non-REM and REM sleep, right? If you remember from high school biology, REM is rapid eye movement, and that's the kind of sleep you want to be having when you're, when you're having good sleep, right? So good sleep is usually measured as the balance of non-REM to REM sleep. And Zio tried to, to use newer technology, but they, they had a model that just wasn't working. Although I believe that the data they collected on a on a great number of their customers was very valuable because it basically reiterated that people aren't getting enough sleep. During the weekends, they tend to throw on the the sleep and they have a varied and dysfunctional sleep pattern. So some of the newer technologies, uh, I for one use the Fitbit. You know, all the other quantified devices really are just measuring your movement and it relates to their algorithms in terms of determining, well, are you really asleep? Are you like chilling out, watching TV? Are you moving around at night? Um, I, I'm not really quite sold on the, the, the diagnostic value, but I think they give you a good idea of really what's going on. So when we talk about sleep, some of the important factors are it's, it's a replenishment time, right? It's laying down memories, getting rid of old memories, But some of the most important data now shows sleep's really critical for glucose regulation. Some of the pathways are related to allowing glucose to become involved in the brain, restoring uh, the energy in 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 the brain, because really that's what a sleep or a nap is all about, restoring the energy currency within the brain, right? Because it's become depleted, right? Our brains are a bunch of millions and trillions of cells just churning every second, and that needs a lot of energy. So we talk about sleep and glucose regulation and how that dysregulation can lead to obesity and metabolic syndrome. Sleep and jet lag, I don't think anyone maybe has gone on a trip and not experienced the impact of uh, sleep. You're lethargic, you're sleepy, yeah, you want to go out and enjoy your new, uh, your new environment, but by gosh, you just can't keep your eyes open. So uh, sleep and jet lag have become very important. Naturally, some of the early 
pioneers in sleep research were the military physicians and researchers who had to look at the impact of sleep on delivering troops to foreign soils, ready to fight, ready to be in action. Uh, so a lot of good research on the, the medical side of the military. One of the things that's come out of sleep and jet lag is, you know, when you travel, your your whole system gets out of whack. And one of the things that we're most probably aware of is the changes of our digestion, right? We start to feel the impact of time zone changes, dietary changes. Your body's thinking it should be breakfast, but you're eating dinner. And then overlay that with maybe the consumption of alcohol or medications, and you can see why sleep through travel provides issues related to the stomach and digestion. And then some of the newer data talks about gut microbiota, okay? All those little tiny uh, cells within your your gut that are providing digestion, they're providing uh, energy, they're helping to break down the foodstuffs. It's a very fine balance. And that's one of the things that jet lag and the gut health have shown is it's very critical in terms of keeping everything in tune and up to date. Some of the best work I know is coming out of Dr. Carrie Knudsen out of the University of Chicago. Uh, Dr. Knudsen and her colleagues are really working on many of the systems related to poor sleep and how they impact obesity, type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease. They're just all intertwined. So it's really critical that you get your sleep in. I know, I think it's J.P. Morgan just told all their hard chargers to take the weekend off, right? Because we're finding out that we're just working people. And in some sense, we're working them to death, either because of the pressure or because of what's happening to their systems. The other part of sleep is food selection. Some really important data that says if you're sleepy, you have low energy and you have low focus, which means you have a lack of interest in physical activity, which then means you have a low energy state. And then the other thing is when you're sleepy and tired, you don't always make the best choices, whether on food selection or as some of the newer work, ethical dilemmas associated with poor sleep and poor energy. So sleep really is important, the availability of sleep, right? If you're sleeping more, you're not going to be around thinking you're going to graze in the kitchen or you're going to be eating. So there's a relationship there. Um, So it relates to, you know, make sure you get your sleep. What sleep schedule works for you? I'm an early riser. My wife likes to sleep in a little. So you have to work through the dynamics of that. You know, set the boundaries within your your family and your coworkers. Uh, you know, try to work towards a more peaceful entry to sleep. Right? You don't want to be exercising. You don't want to watch be watching those scary movies or suspenseful dramas, and you don't want to be poking around on your phone just before bedtime. Calming music, maybe a little bit of yoga. Make sure you're hydrated. Try to get your sleep in. Most adults, six to eight hours. So that's a little bit of uh, sleep. There's a heck of a lot more in my chapter. Uh, so please go out to Amazon. You can order it on a digital or also order it on a hard copy. Next time, we're going to talk about chapter three, uh, slowing down 
and uh, the importance of yoga, meditation, and as I promised, the value of taking that long sot nap. All right, that's it for now. Dr. Robert Hesslink, author of Eat Less, Sleep More, Slow Down. Tell all your friends. Hook up with me on Facebook, <clears throat> Eat Less and Slow Down, as well as uh, you can see me on any of my other blogs on my author page. All right, that's it for now. Take care.